There's both hope and help for your troubled heart, next on Abounding Grace. Some of our sufferings are mysteries. We don't have the full answer. The pain, the loneliness, the affliction for the believer has purpose, for the unbeliever has no purpose. Christian, you have great hope. Hope that your afflictions will end. Hope that God is working in you to bring about great changes. Hope that your suffering will add to your eternal glory. Suffering, I know all of us would like to avoid it, but we can't and we won't. We won't avoid it. Until we're delivered from this body of death, suffering will be part of our lives. And yet the present sufferings are not worthy to be compared. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. You can be sure that pain and suffering of some degree will be a part of our lives this year and really all throughout our lives. But we'll learn today on Abounding Grace, it's really not even worthy to be compared to what's ahead of us in glory. Pastor Ed Taylor is in a series we've called Help for the Troubled Heart. And really, that's what we're finding as we open and study the Word together. With the right perspective, confidence can be restored. With the right perspective, endurance can happen. You can get through another day. Now, I realize some listening into me right now, you're thinking, another day, Ed, I need the strength to get through another hour. Listen, with the right perspective and the power of God, you can get through another hour and another hour. And pretty soon you'll start counting the hours, and hours will become days. And days will become weeks. Weeks will become months. And before you know it, you'll find the presence and power of God a great comfort in your time of need. It's when we realize and believe the sufferings that we're going through are now nothing to be compared to the eternal glory that we're going to have eternity before us as children of God that we begin to learn that there's real purpose in our pain and training in our trials There's so much more than meets the eye. Our lives are so short, just a vapor. I mean, think of, think of the vapor on a hot, on a very cold day and a hot cup of tea or a hot cup of coffee and it's sitting there and the vapor comes up and it's gone and the vapor comes up and it's gone. And if you let it sit long enough, five, 10 minutes, no more vapor. It's that fast. Our lives, the Bible says, are like a shadow, a vapor. And yet it's preparation time for eternity. Eternity is so much longer than our lives here on earth. And so we go through sufferings, what Paul would call in another place light afflictions. And they're working for us an eternal, exceeding weight of glory. We need to get that eternal perspective We need to hold that eternal perspective so that whenever we're reproached or made fun of or face any trial, it reminds us of the glory up ahead. I think if we were to have the privilege of asking the heroes of the faith, 
Men and women have gone before us and suffered greatly that are in the presence of God right now. If we had a chance to ask them, you know what they would say? It's worth it. It's worth it. Hang on. Hang on. You're going to make it through. And when you make it through and you wake up, it's worth it. It's true. It's real. And we need to hear that sometimes, don't we? It's true. It's real. With all the fog and all the difficulty, the glory of God is true. He, He is real. And he loves you. Let me show you some of the things that the early church went through. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. If the heroes of the faith would hear this Bible study, I'm sure they would say it's true. Believe him. Believe him. It's even better than what he says. It's even better than English can describe. Don't compare your suffering today with the glory because the glory ahead is so much greater where every wrong will be made right. Every injustice will be, bring justice. Notice in verse 32 of Hebrews 11, What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had the trial of mockings, scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment, and they were stoned and sawn in two were tempted and slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Notice verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that we should not be made perfect apart from us. Those brothers and sisters are in glory right now, experiencing what they waited, what they were waiting for. But here's the thing. For the follower of Jesus Christ, there is both hope and help for your troubled heart. You know that God is with you, and as we'll see in the future study, working all things together for good, He's comforting you. He's encouraging you. He's promised and has kept his promise never to leave you, forsake you, or abandon you. But I do know there are those listening right now that are very mad at God, very hardened. You might even describe yourself as an atheist or an agnostic. And you're battling in your mind right now with any sort of resistance, with every sort of resistance to not receive the Bible study that's being delivered today. You're you're resistant. You're mad. You're mad at God because of the pain. That's what pain has done to you. Pain has made you angry. That's often the first step. Anger. You're mad. And a convenient And a convenient person to blame is God. So you either say, I don't know him, or I don't like him, or I don't even think he exists. I don't believe in God. I don't want anything to do with God because of what I've experienced in life. And anger will often lead to bitterness. 
And you've become bitter toward God. You've become bitter toward things of God. You've become bitter to the way you were raised. Why? Because of pain. Because of difficulty. Why? Because we all face pain and difficulty. And when you go from anger to bitterness, the next step is resentment. And all of these, they they work together to harden your heart, to deaden your emotions, to, well, by your own choice, walk away from God and explain Him away. Here's the bad news for someone like you today. And by the way, if I am speaking to you, to my atheist friend, to my agnostic friend, to my friend, even if we haven't met yet, that's mad at God and angry at God, I don't judge you for that. Jesus doesn't condemn you from having to deal with the difficulty in your life and you've come to this response. It's not a good response. It's not helpful or healthy for you, but we don't judge you for it. We're sorry. I'm sorry that you are facing the kind of pain that you're facing, that you were hurt as a child or abandoned. It's not God's heart for us to have to face all these nasty effects of sin, but nevertheless, it's a part of life on earth because as real as God is, there's a real devil. And I don't judge you. But I do need to let you know that if you continue living this life of ignoring and refusing God and his love for you, this is the best you're ever going to experience. This is it. As bad as things are right now, things will not get better for you. So you can amass as much money as you want and you can buy as many cars as you want and you can get that house and that dream vacation over here and all of the things that you're using to try to cope with the pain and the difficulty, but none of those things will satisfy the longing in your heart to be comforted by the comfort can only come from God. And so this is, this is, the, this is the reality. Listen, this is the reality. This is as best and as good as it's ever going to get in your life. After death, it's far worse to live forever apart from God. This is it. This is, this is it. You don't want to settle for the low living of pain and difficulty, excluding God from your life. You don't. God, he cares so much for you. The Bible describes it, that care is love. He loves you so much that he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to bear the weight of pain upon himself in exchange for you. But if you're here today and you have been born again, you have life in you, very, the very life of God dwelling in you, then there's good news for you. Because while the bad news for those that don't love God is this as good as it's going to get, For those of us that do love God, this is as bad as it's going to get. It's not going to get any worse than this. This is it. Because God will ultimately deliver us from every pain, every difficulty, every trial, every suffering, every problem, everything that you face today, God will deliver you. And check this out. At the very end, he'll even wipe away your tears. (laughs) Just take it all away. Why? Because of faith in Jesus. Listen, there's no hope apart from Christ. And whatever the reason might be, whatever the reason might be, some of our sufferings are mysteries. 
We don't have the full answer. The pain, the loneliness, the affliction for the believer has purpose, for the unbeliever has no purpose. Christian, you have great hope. Hope that your afflictions will end. Hope that God is working in you to bring about great changes. Hope that your suffering will add to your eternal glory. Suffering, I know all of us would like to avoid it, but we can't and we won't. We won't avoid it. Until we're delivered from this body of death, suffering will be part of our lives. And yet the present sufferings are not worthy to be compared. You know, when I was born again, when I got saved, when I walked into a church like this, by the time I was 23, I I had ruined my life. And it appeared from all observations that it was ruined beyond repair. And I was just hanging on to see how long it would take before Marie to leave me, to take our son, how long it would take for me to get caught doing something stupid and being thrown in jail for a lot longer than a few days. And, and, and I couldn't get out of the addictions. I couldn't get out of the life that I was in. I mean, I was all the way in a life uh, that was destroying me while I thought I was having fun killing myself. That was my life. It was messed up. It was beyond repair. Human repair, it was beyond And I walked into a church like this where the gospel was preached and the love of God was in. It was about the third time I heard, I'm like, I just don't think God can love me. I don't think that's true. And I measured it by the church. You know, you have that time of greeting and and so you'd shake a hand and and I'd shake a hand. And then they'd try to hug me and I'd go, bro, no, I don't want to be hugged. You know, I don't know what kind of church this is, but I don't hug. I hug now, but I didn't hug back then. I just thought it was weird. I didn't understand the love of God. And I remember thinking, if, if this guy sitting next to me really knew who I was, he wouldn't like me. If he really knew what was in my mind right now, he wouldn't hug me. If he really knew what I did last week, there's just no way. I was always afraid of being found out. I mean, even after I got saved, I was afraid of being found out. My past was so horrific. And, and it was when... When I embraced the love of God and I responded to the invitation and I was born again, when I was saved, I looked forward to good things. I mean, I only, it was only going to go uphill for me now. It was only going to be good now. Like, God's going to start changing my life. He's got a plan for my life. He, he's got the strength to give. He's going to make me the kind of man he wants me to be, the kind of husband he wants me to be, kind of dad he wants me to be, a son, everything in life. I mean, to me, it was like nobody told me it was going to be that hard. As far as I was concerned, my past was hard. Living for Jesus, in my mind, and it wasn't by neglect. It's not like they hid it from me. It just took time for someone to say, oh, by the way, Ed, living for Jesus Christ is hard. And it's difficult. And it's not going to be easy. Now you have a real enemy, the devil. And he's not happy that life is changing for you. And that another family is rescued. And that a son is going to have a dad. And a wife is going to have a husband. And, and little did we know of the magnitude of what God would want to do through our little lives. And as God uses you more, there's more warfare. And as your kids grow up, there's more warfare. And as the temptation has increased, there's more warfare. There's more pushback. You see, for Paul, Paul was told ahead of time when he was on his way to Damascus to destroy Christianity single-handedly, God met him there, knocked him off his animal, 
He's born again right there on the road. They take him into the city. He's partially blind. Send a messenger to him. And the messenger was told to tell him, you tell Paul of all the things he's going to suffer for my namesake. So I have the privilege of doing that to you now, in case you didn't know. As a believer, in many ways, your suffering will be far worse than the unbeliever because of your commitment to Jesus Christ. But either way, whatever we face, it's not to be compared to the glory that's up ahead. Not to be compared to what God has in store for us. Let me close here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you turn there with me. 2 Corinthians. Paul tells, tells us that trials made him more effective, not less. They made his ministry more fruitful and exciting, not less. They, they, they made him more powerful, not less. They, they made him stronger and more committed, not less. And so what does he say in verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 4? He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing. Anybody agree with that? I'm telling you, man, every time I get up in the morning and I start to walk down our stairs, there are, I feel like my ankles are going to just fall apart from all the noises that they're making. Now, most of the time I don't pay attention to it, but because this is the message, I actually, even this morning, I even tried to walk down softly and all that happened was it, the cracks were softer. That's it. Our bodies are outwardly we're getting weaker and weaker. Yes, I'm going to say it. Outwardly, we're getting older and older. Pain seemed to increase. Sicknesses seemed to increase. But the Bible says, even though outwardly, what we can see is getting older and perishing, all the while, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Why? Because trials push you to God. Trials draw you to God. You pray more. You seek more. You knock more. You ask more as you're undergoing the great difficulties of life. Pain has a purpose. Ask any surgeon. Pain has a purpose. I mean, when we get sick, we go to the doctor. And we allow doctors to probe and to look and to, that we allow them to check on us, to give us the test that we need so that they can come up with the diagnosis. And when the doctor comes in with the diagnosis, they also come in with the solution and they say this, this is going to be, in order to take care of this difficulty, I'm going to need to give you, I'm, I'm going to need to cut open your body and take care of this and then sew you back up. And our answer to that is, okay, doctor, if that's what's needed. And what we just said was, yes, please inflict upon my body pain temporarily to deal with something more permanently. And isn't it true that some surgeries are different than others? They've perfected some surgeries with lasers and robots and everything where they can go in, take care of it all, and then you're up on your feet within a day. Other types of surgeries... They go in, they have to do this, they have to take this on, move this, and, and then the recovery, well, it might land you in rehab. And they need to rehabilitate you again, teach you how to walk, get strength back in your legs. Either way, we've allowed the temporary pain to provide for us more long-term benefit. 
The outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed day by day. And then he says in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, notice, is working for us. Mark that. The light afflictions of our lives are working for us, not against us. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It requires endurance. Jesus Christ has defeated our worst enemy. You know, our worst enemy is sin and death. And Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, defeated both sin and death on your behalf. We live in the victory of him. Now, one commentator, David Guzik, and a pastor friend of mine, this is what he writes on this passage, and I love it. Let me quote him. Yes, our affliction is light. Our affliction is light compared to what others are suffering. Our affliction is light compared to what we deserve. Our affliction is light compared to what Jesus suffered for us. Our affliction is light compared to the blessings we enjoy. Our affliction is light as we experience the sustaining power of God's grace. Our affliction is light when we see the glory that it's leading to, and we can really say with Paul, our light affliction. Our light affliction. And what God is building in us is endurance to take the next breath, to make the next step. Listen, if you turn in the midst of your pain to alcohol to mask the feelings, they'll be back and they'll be back harder. If you turn to some kind of drug, legal or not, to try to mask the work that God is trying to do in your life, it'll come back more, more difficult. Usually, when you're seeking things outside of God to deal with the pain in your life, that too usually comes with its own consequences. So you're building on. It gets harder and harder and harder instead of just surrendering and submitting to the perfect work of God through this particular trial and this particular pain. God is teaching us endurance and obedience. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Ed, the main point of your sermon today was, our suffering now can't be compared to glory then. I was wondering if that truth is something you and your wife have clinged to in recent years, especially when your son went home to be with the Lord. Larry, you know, this whole Bible study series has been birthed out of our own personal pain. And so the answer to that question is absolutely This is one of the many truths that the Lord has given us through this time of grief and mourning and even a little bit of drama that's associated with uh, the loss of our son. And it's encouraging to be reminded that what we're going through now isn't anything compared to what's up ahead, what the Lord really has for us. Uh, Heaven awaits us. And for so many, we have loved ones in heaven waiting for us. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to meeting of being reunited with my granny, with my mom and dad, with my son, uh, with the baby that he and his wife lost in their miscarriage, uh, and so many more. And I know that the Word of God is not just words on a paper printed in black and white, but it's the very Word of God. It is that which gives us life. And yes, Uh, We've clung to these truths in this series, and we're just praying and hopeful that God uses his word to bring great comfort and encouragement to so many. Thanks for sharing that with us, my friend. 
When our heart is troubled, we may wonder where to turn. And the Lord in His Word has the help and encouragement we need for those seasons of life. Visit our website at helpforthetroubledheart.com and find resources that can bless your life and help you gain and maintain the right perspective. Again, that's helpforthetroubledheart.com. And if you'd like to request this entire series called Help for the Troubled Heart or today's study by itself, give us a call at 877-30-GRACE. CD copies are $2. That's 877-304-7223. You can also access the studies online at helpforthetroubledheart.com. We have a couple of apps, too. Listen to Pastor Ed through your mobile device through the Calvary Aurora app. We'd also suggest the Grace FM Colorado app. When our heart is hurting, it's always a good idea to turn to the Lord in prayer. And we'd like to pray for you. Send in your requests to prayer at calvaryaurora.org. And if you'd like to stand with us here at Abounding Grace through your prayers and financial support, that would be a huge blessing. It's your support that allows us to bring these daily studies to this station. Either call 877-30-GRACE or donate online at calvaryaurora.org. Next time on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor will continue our series, Help for the Troubled Heart. Invite a friend to listen who could use a little encouragement as well. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor is presented by Calvary Chapel Aurora.